1: I dashed along the hallway, then skidded to a halt in front of the classroom door. Ah, uh, I was late. Again. Miss Anderson, what's your excuse today? Morning, sir. <laughs> I'm sorry, but my spaniel hit my shoes. Then I tripped over a package by my front door. Then my heap of a junk car wouldn't start, and. That's enough. Good God. Please sit down. Ashley already took attendance. What? So much for my perfectly crafted excuse. Mr. O'Shaughnessy totally would have let it slide. But she had to ruin it. I'm Ashley. I'm pretty. I'm perfect. Everybody likes me. Well, no one likes teacher's pets, Ashley. Think I'm being too harsh on her? <laughs> Just ask anyone about Ashley Mae Anderson. Ashley's father's a vet with a Medal of Valor. They even had dinner with the President at the White House. For her sweet 16, she rented out the swankiest club downtown for an entire weekend, and David Guetta DJed. Ashley dated two college boys at the same time, and when they found out, things got physical. Okay, okay, maybe not all of that was true, but who cares? Look, the main character here is me. Hi, my name's Ashley Mae Anderson. I know, what a freaky coincidence, right? But that's the only thing we had in common because unlike popular Ashley, I'm just a normal teen who's just minding her own business. But then she transferred here and messed up everything. This happens every time I open my locker. And they're not addressed to me, but to Ashley. Jeez, why do boys go so cuckoo bananas over that pretentious princess? I gathered that whole cluster and dumped them on Ashley's desk. Here's your delivery for the day. Oh, I have no use for those things. You can keep them if you want. <laughs> How snobby. I know those rumors weren't all lies. All right, if you said so. Being mistaken for Ashley was so annoying that I did consider putting a sign on my locker or something. But I suppose sometimes it actually had its perks. Like when I accidentally knocked over a trash can in the school's parking lot. But upon knowing my name, the janitor said my father was his commanding officer back in the day and let me off. And believe it or not, these mix-ups didn't only happen at school. Once, my family went out for dinner and the staff at this restaurant thought we were the other Andersons. They must be some really important people cause the super attentive waiters topped up our drinks for free and gave us complimentary desserts. Pretty sweet, right? Only when we were leaving, things almost went south when the manager shook my dad's hand and said, thank you for your service. My dad seemed confused, but fortunately, I dragged him away before they busted us. I mean, Ashley's been enjoying these privileges her entire life, so it's fair I benefit a little from them, especially since I have to endure being called her Walmart version. Anyway, back to me. I arrived home to find a teary-eyed girl sitting on our front porch. She must be one of Billy's exes. If your brother's a jock that all girls flock around, you'd get used to this real soon. He went through girlfriends quicker than hair gel, and he always had some peeves about them, like Mandy, too clingy, Katie, too dramatic, Maggie, too flirty, the list goes on. Then, as soon as my backpack hit the bedroom floor, my door burst open. Hey, I need your help. What, need a hand to make up with Cry Barbie out there? She's ancient history. Check this out, her name's Jane Brown. Ain't she a beaut? I immediately recognized her. She's the waitress that he kept eyeing the other day. Now, he needed my help to ask her out and not seem creepy. So I suggested taking her to his friend Alexander's party this weekend. How do you know about that? Isn't that cool people exclusive? As if I wanted to. I was added to their group chat by accident because they thought I was Ashley. (laughs) Right, hot Ashley. You should come too. I'll be with Jane, but Victor will be there. Wait, I'll see my crush at that stupid party? Sign me up then. Jocks, cheerleaders, stuck up kids. This place was packed with people like Billy. My brother briefly introduced me to the host Alexander, while Madison followed him around looking all shy and gooey-eyed. Wasn't she bothered that all Alexander seemed to care about was if anyone had seen Ashley? I also got to officially meet Jane, but the person I was looking for was Victor. He's so much more than just a cute face in the crowd. He's the peanut butter to my jelly. But before I could talk to him, a bunch of dudes popped out of nowhere. This is Ashley? Oh man. I thought she was supposed to be pretty. No offense, though. She's a six if you squint hard enough. (laughs) (laughs) I'm squinting now, and you're barely even a two yourself. No offense, though. What What did did you say? say? (laughs) Don't worry, you can still go after pretty girls. They just need a crate of fear first. The crowd suddenly felt silent and stared at us. This party is so lame. Peace out, losers. Anywhere is better than that stuffy elitist hellhole. But it's a bummer I didn't get to talk to Victor. He's Billy's best bro and used to come hang out at our place pretty much every day. But not anymore. Guess has been avoiding me ever since I told him I had feelings for him. <sighs> I was going to settle things with him tonight, but those jerks ruined it. Do I need to print my own t-shirt saying, I'm Ashley, you must be looking for Ashley? The next day, while looking for Victor, I heard someone calling my name, but I turned around only to see Alexander calling for, ugh, Ashley, so annoying. I saw him make a move on her, but she said guys like him bored her, then proceeded to list all his flaws. Oof, harsh. From then on, I tried my best to avoid Ashley and thought my life would be light and breezy, but nope. On the contrary, I found myself in a series of unfortunate events. One day, a stack of religious magazines randomly showed up on our doorstep. But the real kicker was, they were all addressed specifically to me. And there was absolutely no way to convince my family and neighbors that I wasn't a member of the Church of Scientology. Two days later, all of my clean clothes had some weird stains and holes on them. I had to beg Billy to lend me some of his. That day, I went to school in an old jersey, looking like a midget. Ugh. Then, this Monday, I became the center of attention by showing up with my face covered in pimple patches and band-aids. Well, that's because I woke up to countless cystic acne and didn't have enough patches. This resulted in me being called the mummy for five days straight. But the final straw was, my car having two flat tires. The clock was ticking, so I asked Billy to take me to school. However, he just flat out refused, saying he'd already promised to pick Jane up. No other choice, I had to ride my old bike. When I saw Billy's car in the driveway, my pettiness got the better of me. So I splashed my half-empty milk carton over the windshield. I'm on my way. Oh my god, you little brat! Sorry, babe. You won't believe what my sister just did. Seeing Billy's reaction was chef's kiss. (laughs) Ha! You got it coming, big bro. The next day, my car was fixed, so I managed to get to school early. Looks like my string of bad luck was finally over. Okay, let's see who wants to confess to Queen Ashley today. From... Victor? Oh no. Why him? I stood there frozen with a letter in my hand, still processing the situation when a friend came and showed me something on her phone. It's a video of me singing and dancing in my room! No one's supposed to see this, ever! It had been uploaded by some throwaway account, but who else could it be but Jesus Christ, Billy! I rushed home to see Billy and Jane cuddling in the living room. How's he still so calm after pulling that on me? I confronted him, and he didn't even bother denying it, and even said that's what I deserved for vandalizing his car. We screamed and shouted at each other, but before we ended up in a fist fight, he stopped and stumped off to his room. I was still fuming, glaring at his shadow, when I saw Jane gawping at me in delight. Don't blame your poor brother too much, dear. It was I who pulled the strings. What? Jane? But why? We'd barely even interacted. Then she went on about all of my mishaps lately were her doings. Yep, my so-called bad luck. It had been Jane all along. That's for stealing Alexander from my sister. He's her first love. Do you know how heartbroken Zoe has been? Wait, Zoe who? And why on earth would I choose to mingle with that Playboy Alex? Kudos to this girl for thinking I could ever steal someone's boyfriend. Hello? I'm still struggling with my lifelong crush over here. I tried to tell her she made a mistake, but she wouldn't listen. Stop denying it. I know it's you. You're East High's Ashley with a vet dad that checked all the boxes already. Hold up. There's another Ashley Mae Anderson in our school. She's Ashley with EY. I'm Ashley, E-I-G-H. Her dad is a war veteran. My father is a veterinarian. Oh, snap. Good lord. She devised this intricate plan, approached Billy just to make it work, and was successful for the most part. Well, apart from having the wrong person, just amazing. Jane apologized and promised to take down the video. However, she wanted me to help her take revenge on Ashley in return. I didn't want to get involved, but I also never wanted to be on her bad side again, so I reluctantly agreed. But if you think about it, Jane's story didn't quite add up. Ashley seemed to have a holier than thou attitude and had dozens of admirers waiting in line. Why would she get in between them? Not to mention, Alexander's a notorious player who Ashley already ruthlessly rejected. I believe there's more to this. As expected, thanks to that video, my school life was now even more awkward than usual. But it didn't matter, as I was too preoccupied with Operation Ashley. Today's mission approach her after cheerleading practice. I stood in the corner behind the bleacher, waiting for my chance, but before I showed myself, I saw Madison march over, say something to Ashley, then storm off. After that, Ashley started sobbing. I didn't know what happened, but I felt bad for her, so I tried comforting her, but she kept brushing me off. Look, you can keep the ice queen act all you want, but I know you have feelings too. I thought you might have something else you want to share with me, not just a name and it was like I pulled a lever that let out all of her bottled up emotions, and we had a heart-to-heart all afternoon. Just as I thought, things weren't what they seemed. We'd better talk this through with one another, so I set up a meeting at a cafe in the South Coast Plaza, as they wouldn't dare to cause a scene in public, right? Anyway, Ashley clarified that Alexander and her weren't a thing while assuring Zoe that she deserved a guy much better than him but Alex was really sweet to me. He gave me this present on our one month anniversary. Did he say it's his grandmother's? Yeah, he tried giving me an identical one on my birthday. I'd say you dodged a bullet when you two broke up. Please look at yourself first. You two flirt with boys left and right and still act all high and mighty. Get off that high horse. Ashley seemed genuinely hurt by Jane's words that it took her a while to speak up. I'm just sick and tired of being the popular girl who has to live up to everyone's expectations. It's too exhausting. I thought transferring here would mean a fresh start, but everyone still has this impression of me, which I can't seem to change. The rest of us looked at each other in confusion when we saw how sad Ashley's situation actually was. We didn't know there were so many downsides to being high school popular. Ashley, you know you can just be yourself, right? The world will have to accept you for who you truly are. If people don't like you, then so be it. Yeah, if they don't, that's their problem, not yours. You can't fit into a mold to please everyone, cause there's no such thing. I don't wanna agree with her, but she has a point. Let the whole world know the real Ashley, and you too, Zoe. Someday, you'll find a good guy who loves you for yourself. All right, girls, that's settled. Now, I have to deal with my own mess. Billy found out the truth and now he's been ghosting me. But I swear to God, I'm in love with this guy. Gotta go. Bye! I couldn't believe I was rooting for my saboteur and her accomplice to be together. But here I was. Go get him, tiger! The next Monday, Ashley walked to class and had lunch with me instead of Madison and her clique. And of course, this didn't go unnoticed you left us for her what is she you're not hot sister (laughs) before i could clap back ashley stood up and unleashed her inner sass this is me living my life as my true self if any of you bootlickers have something to say about that you can shove it where the sun won't shine sweet mary jesus and holy spirits who knew she had it in her her words completely decimated those hyenas and suddenly someone grabbed my wrist victor Slow down! Where are you taking me? Besides, you got the wrong person, and also the wrong address for this. You should give it to her yourself. Actually, I sent it to the right girl, but apparently, she still hasn't opened it. Wait, what? And you're right, I should tell her myself. It's just that Billy and I made a deal that sisters are off limits, so I thought it's better to avoid you but hearing Ashley talk about being herself made me realize that I'm sick of hiding my feelings. I'm gonna make Billy see how sincere I am for you. Before I do that, Ashley, I like you. And, um, will you go on a date with me? Yes! Um, I mean, yeah, I suppose that would be cool. This is beyond my wildest dream! Not only do I have a brand new friend, but also a date with my dream guy! Fortune is finally smiling on me.
2: (laughs) Hello everyone. My name is Susie and I will tell you what it feels like to not taste anything at all. I never thought that that was possible in real life, but it turns out that it can happen to anyone. But first things first, it happened one spring day. My older sister and I were cycling in a park not far from our house. In general, I can ride a bike very well, and apart from that, I have quite significant experience in it. I've been cycling since I was 6 years old, but something went wrong that day. I wanted to show my sister how skillfully I could get from the curb to the road on a bicycle, but because of the wet road, the wheels began to slip and my bike fell down, along with me. I could not manage to control the movement of the bike, so I collapsed to the ground and hit my head on the curb really hard. My sister Melody immediately rushed to me, but I lost consciousness. I came to my senses a few days later in the hospital. My head was bandaged, and there were a lot of sensors and doctors around. My mom was also present, and when I opened my eyes, she couldn't hold back her tears. It turned out that I had quite a serious head injury, which really scared all my loved ones. That day, it seemed like the worst was over because I finally woke up. But in fact, my biggest ordeal was yet to come. My mom, being happy that I was recovering, wanted to feed me with some tasty homemade food. As soon as the doctors gave the green light for her to do it, mom rushed home to bake my favorite strawberry tart. And finally, the long-awaited piece of tart was in my hand, and I was eagerly taking a bite of it. But suddenly, I faced a terrible disappointment. I couldn't taste anything at all. Then everything was like what you'd see in a movie. My mom was sobbing a lot, doctors were fruitlessly examining me and trying to find the reason for this, and I was crying into my pillow every night so that no one could see it. It turned out that when I fell down and got a head injury, some neural connections in my brain were damaged and I lost the sense of taste. Doctors were shrugging and saying that it would take some time and more thorough examination was required. Although since then, a little more than a year has passed and I still can't taste anything. It makes my life unbearable and gloomy. I do not enjoy the food that I eat at all. As a result, I have a poor appetite. I lost weight and started having problems with my immune system due to the lack of vitamins. Doctors prescribed me a bunch of dietary supplements, which I always have to carry with me and take some of them on an empty stomach and others after meals. My classmates began to make fun of me because in the school cafeteria, I always had a pile of bottles with me, but then they found out that I couldn't taste anything and began to make experiments on me, adding a heap of salt or chili pepper to my food. My life began to seem dark and gloomy to me. I became more withdrawn and did not want to talk to anyone. There were days when I did not want to go to school at all and I came up with various pretexts to stay at home. My performance worsened, although before I had always gotten good grades. In short, it seemed to me that the whole world was falling apart around me and this was all because I had lost the sense of taste. At such moments, only reading could save me. I prepared a large cup of hot tea for myself, sat down by the window with a pile of books, and plunged into the unreal fantasy world to escape from my earthly problems. Yes, I did not sense the taste of tea, but it made me feel warm. Once quite an ordinary morning began as always with the bullying of classmates, but suddenly something happened that deeply struck me. One of my abusers, his name was Michael, suddenly began to intercede for me. Before that, Michael was absent from school for several days. Why is he protecting me? What happened? Before he used to mock me just like everyone else did. These questions were spinning in my mind like flies, but I couldn't find an answer to them. It even seemed to me that he had some tricky plan for me to get my guard down and then hurt me again three times harder. A week had passed since that day and none of my classmates were bullying me any longer. I was so used to being an outcast and a loser in our class that at first it felt totally weird that no one offended me. Later, Michael came up to me and asked to go to the end of the corridor behind the stairs where it was possible to talk face to face where no one could hear us. Well, finally, I thought and followed him. Michael said that he had been absent because he had a sore throat so he needed to take sick leave. When he was ill, he wasn't able to taste anything for several days and during this time, he understood how horrible my condition was. He felt ashamed that he had been mocking me and realized that it was not my fault that I suffered from this ailment. He asked me to forgive him and said that he knew how to help me restore my sense of taste, but for this, he needed a little time. After this conversation, I started hoping that I would become like everyone else again. My mood improved, I began to smile more often, and I felt a desire to live. About a month passed since I had that talk with Michael and he invited me to go behind the stairs again to have a word with me. There, he showed me a small vial with green liquid inside. When I asked what it was, he replied that it was a healing potion, which his grandma, who was a healer, prepared specially for me. Michael said that I should drink it exactly at midnight and then immediately go to bed without talking to anyone. Although I never believed in healers, I did everything as he said. When I opened my eyes in the morning, I immediately rushed to the fridge to try something and see if I could taste anything again. The first thing I found was a watermelon. I eagerly bit off a huge chunk, but then I was disappointed because everything remained the same. At school, I told Michael that the potion had not helped me, but he comforted me and assured me that I had to wait and the effect might not occur right away. I fastened on the hope, catching it like a lifeline, and just started waiting. I believed with all my heart and soul that the sense of taste would surely return to me again. But soon, a miracle happened. One of my classmates gave me candy. I took it reluctantly because I still didn't get any pleasure from it, but I didn't want to offend her. Without much enthusiasm, I unwrapped it and bit off a piece and instantly sensed the taste of milk chocolate in my mouth. I could not believe it and started eating more and more of it. Now I don't know what helped me get my sense of taste back. This could be thanks to the potion given by the healer, my faith, or because of positive thinking, whatever the truth, with the returning of taste to my life, it acquired fresh colors. I felt complete again. I wanted to study and achieve my goals. This situation showed me that those who we consider our enemies are not always soulless and cruel. Sometimes they're just ordinary humans who are under the thumb of others and they do not want to stand out from the crowd. Apart from that, I realized that not every diagnosis is a verdict. How important is your taste for you? Have you ever thought about its role in our lives? Share your answers in the comments. Click the thumbs up button and subscribe to the channel to stay with us. I later
3: found out the full picture of what really happened. It turned out that Mike and Dean had a bet. Mike claimed that all the rumors about me were just fabrications, that I didn't really have any supernatural powers. That's nonsense, Mike said. She probably made it up herself, so no one would pick on her. Okay, let's assume that, Dean answered. Then let's do this. You sneak up on her and touch her arm. Mike tensed up a little. Though he was skeptical, he didn't want to test the rumors on himself. However, the conversation was taking place in the presence of other boys, so the challenge had to be accepted. Okay, I'll do it, Mike muttered uncertainly. Dean smiled wryly. And finally, I show up in this story. It happened at recess. I was getting the books I needed out of my locker when I felt someone touch my arm just below my shoulder. I flinched in surprise. See, nothing happened, Mike said to the crowd of onlookers. He took a few steps away from me before he slipped and landed on the floor. Hi, my name is Kim, and I'm used to these things. Another non-believer became a victim of his own arrogance, and then paid the ultimate price. Tragedy and comedy. It's all your fault! It's all you! Shouted Mike to Dean, lying on a medical stretcher with a brace around his neck. Dean shrugged guiltily, as if to say, I had nothing to do with it. (laughs) Here's what happened. About 10 minutes before it happened, the cleaning lady was mopping the floors, and she put up a sign in the hallway that said, caution, wet floor. But for some unknown reason, the sign disappeared, and Mike, thinking that destiny had no power over him, paid for this delusion with a broken neck. (laughs) Poor guy, I thought, that must have hurt. As Mike was being taken by paramedics to the hospital, Dean still couldn't calm down. Did you see him collapse? (laughs) Hilarious! Everyone around me laughed quietly. I went straight to Dean. The guys seeing me coming quickly took off, leaving Dean alone. He tried to act all manly, but there was tension and nervousness in his voice. He was clearly uncomfortable standing next to me. Ah, Miss Miss Misfortune, he chuckled. Do you think it's funny? Your friend broke his neck, and you're not even ashamed. It wasn't my fault. I told him to expect trouble if you touched Kim, but he didn't believe me, and that was the result. I wanted to give him a good slap in the face, but I decided to do something different.
1: Anyway, it's your fault.
3: A victim of a science experiment. Oh yeah? (laughs) Well then, watch out. Before Dean knew what was happening, I grabbed his arm. The guy froze and didn't move at first, and then, when he realized what had just happened, he let out a wild (coughs) scream. No, not again! Why did you do that? Now I'm screwed! Nothing. Just don't cross the road and don't walk under any windows, so nothing will fall on your head. And you better stay away from the dogs. Panic overtook Dean. He looked around in panic, waiting for something awful to happen. The Miss Misfortune effect worked differently every time. Sometimes it could take a while. Dean tried to figure out what to do, and he decided he had to run. Forgetting all about the classes, he ran out into the street and disappeared. I went back to my chemistry class. The curse, that's what I called my ability. The starting point of my misfortunes was my sixth birthday. I don't know what exactly happened then, maybe it was the magnetic waves, or the radioactive substances in the cake, but the following day the first incident occurred. I hugged dad as usual, and he, five minutes later, fell down the stairs, nearly breaking everything. Then the curse reached mom. A hairdryer caught fire right in her hands, and burned part of her hair. Thankfully the flames didn't damage her skin. After a series of mutilations and troubles, my parents realized it wasn't an accident, it was me. It was hard to live without my mother's and father's touch, as if I was in an orphanage. The same story continued at school. I was more careful now, aware of the power within me, but it was impossible to avoid being touched forever. So after a few unpleasant incidents, I was nicknamed Miss Miss Misfortune. Now everyone knew to stay away from me. I accepted my fate and the fact that I would die alone, like in a Charles Dickens novel, surrounded by spiders and cats. One good thing about all this was that no bully ever dared to hurt me. But on the other hand, I never had a boyfriend, because everyone knew how it could end. I didn't believe in miracles. Right up until Liam showed up. His parents moved to our town, and he started going to the same school I went to. I don't know how to describe it. I guess I just fell in love. The very first day, as soon as he walked into class, Liam was looking around for an empty seat, and the teacher said he could sit next to me. I flared up and turned red as a tomato. My classmates started whispering, Oh, poor kid gets to sit with Miss Misfortune. We won't see him again.' It didn't bother me much. I tried not to look at Liam at the time, and pretended I didn't care. They could have Johnny Depp sitting next to me. I couldn't care less. Liam sat down, turned toward me, and held out his hand. I'm Liam. What's your name? I didn't shake it, just looked at the guy sideways. I'm Kim. Cool, he said, and turned back to the board. I rarely saw Liam, mostly in biology and math class, sometimes in the cafeteria. Each time I blushed and could barely get out a high, Liam would smile broadly and ask me how I was doing. I thought he'd figure out what was wrong with me. Rumors about me were spreading all over the school. So, for instance, everyone immediately thought I was getting back at Dean. Remember when I touched him as payback for him deciding to make fun of Mike? Dean ran home from school and locked himself in his room. His parents tried to get in, but he wouldn't open the door, just screamed that it was the end of him. Dean's parents freaked out and finally broke down the door. The kid was sitting in the corner with his chin on his knees, rocking back and forth, mumbling something quietly. Diagnosis? A nervous breakdown. Yes, sometimes my ability doesn't work literally. But Liam thought all this talk about me was just school gossip. I mean, people say odd things about others. I was glad he didn't believe what they were saying. But on the other hand, I was afraid it might end in tragedy. The situation became more complicated when Liam asked me out one day. I wanted to say no, but I just couldn't. He was the first guy who'd ever shown any interest in me. I should have told him the truth, that he was in danger. But I didn't say anything. In the evening, we went to the amusement park. I took every precaution I could. I wore a sweatshirt with long sleeves. I even put my mother's gloves on my hands. I looked ridiculous and weird. Are your hands cold? Liam asked me as soon as I left the house. Yeah, I answered, trying to avoid the subject. My aunt is the same way. She wears gloves all the time. I smiled stupidly and we walked to the park. Surprisingly, we had a great time. Riding the wheel, Liam won a teddy bear in a throwing contest and gave it to me. I struggled to carry the huge toy around with both hands. It kept slipping out of my hands. Without the gloves, which were noticeably too big for me, it would have been much more comfortable. I had to risk it. Liam saw that I was about to drop the bear. He decided to pick it up and carry it himself, (sighs) and that's when he touched my hand. I dropped the bear and said, I'm sorry, I ruined it. Tears came to my eyes. What's the matter? Liam was clueless. I didn't want to see anyone else get hurt because of me, so without another word, I ran away. Liam wanted to catch up with me, but I'd already disappeared into the crowd. The next day, I found out that he was taken away by an ambulance that night. Turns out he got a severe food poisoning. It was the third victim of my curse this month. Like Dean, I locked myself in my room and didn't come out for a long time. Maybe I should never be around people at all, I thought, trying to somehow figure myself out. But for my parents, there was only one excuse for not going to school, death. So even though I felt terrible, I had to go to class. I was always treated with suspicion but this time the level of paranoia was off the charts no one came within a few meters of me moreover i noticed some tension even in the behavior of the teachers i found out later that mike and dean were responsible for the boycott maybe it wasn't nice what i did to dean but i didn't want to hurt mike i guess that's how the hurt effect works no one wanted to figure anything out i was by default The case of every misfortune that happened under the roof of that goddamn school. (sighs) Dad tried to reassure me. Honey, don't pay any attention to them. Yes, my mother said, children are so cruel. I knew they were cruel, but what am I supposed to do? They didn't have an answer to that question. As usual, I was left alone with my own curse. Sometimes it seemed to me that there were witches in our bloodline, and this was the punishment for terrorizing people in some small town. But I'm not a witch. I can't turn people into toads. I don't make magic potions. I'm just an ordinary girl who, for some unknown reason, has a very unusual ability. Liam was released from the hospital a week later. I was dreading seeing him. What would he say? Would he break up with me? Of course he would. There was not a single positive thought in my head at the time. How could he stay with me after that first date? What would have happened if we became a couple? What if he would kiss me? It's scary to even imagine. They might as well launch me into space to keep me away from all the people I could hurt. I ran into Liam in the hallway. He came up to me with a smile that never left his face and said, hey, our first date didn't end very well. Maybe we could try again. I couldn't believe my ears. And you're not afraid that one day a brick might fall on your head? No, why should I be? Then, to my surprise, he took my hand and walked me to class. I expected the worst, but nothing happened to Liam that day, or the next day. My curse was gone, just like in the fairy tale of Beauty and the Beast. All I had to do was wait for a man who would truly love me. It took me a long time to get used to the fact that I could hug my mother, I could hold Liam's hand as I walked. (laughs) True love really can do anything. What would you do if every time you touched someone it brought them bad luck? Write your answers in the comments, like the video, and share it with your friends.
2: Hi everyone, my name is Sue, and animals like me very much because I understand their language. In fact, this is not an innate gift. Soon you will know where I learned it. When I was about seven, I realized that I could understand animals and vice versa. My parents and I were visiting friends of our family. They lived in a huge farmhouse. Of course, I could not resist the rabbits, horses, and the baby chicks. So I hung out with them almost all day. Once I realized that a watchdog named Wind had been having a headache for a pretty long time already, and he asked me to take him to the vet. How could I understand that? I have no idea telepathically, I guess. I could have taken it for a childish fantasy and simply ignored the dog's complaints. But I decided to tell the adults about the dog's problem. My parents gave me a very strange look and felt awkward. It didn't seem funny for their friends though. They started asking me for how long he'd been suffering from pain and why he hadn't told them about it before. And how was this dog supposed to tell them about it? But that was not the point. It turned out that about a month ago, the owners noticed something strange in Wynn's behavior. This kind and even-tempered dog turned into an aggressive badass. Moreover, he behaved like that not only with the other animals, but also with the owners who attributed everything to the poor fellow's age. That night, they took Wind to the vet, who delivered the verdict. The dog was healthy. He was very surprised when the owner insisted on examining the dog's head. As a result, Wind was diagnosed with a very serious and unpleasant disease, but it was successfully cured. He keeps guarding the farm and is very thankful for my help. By the way, the horses on that farm asked to tell the owner that they did not like the new feed, and they asked for the old one back. I was a complete stranger to them and I had no idea what they were being fed with and I never wanted to know that. However, I was right even about that. The new feed appeared in the stable less than a week ago and the horses could barely eat it. After that, I decided to contact the animals more often in order to find out if I could understand them for real and what such communication could really bring. But my decision was not that important because cats, dogs, and even birds came to me on their own will and shared their problems and thoughts. One day, a cat named Martin came up to me on the street. He went out for a walk. He told me to change my route because there was something scary going on in front of the bank. He told me there were a lot of police. Some women were shouting and children were crying. I didn't want to ruin my plans because of the cat. I was in a huge hurry for my friend's birthday party, so I just kept walking. Martin trailed behind me, grumbling that women were very stubborn and that our logic was twisted. He asked me to change my mind and go back, and I asked him to back off and do his own thing. When I finally got to the bank, I heard shots and saw that the street was surrounded by police. I actually heard women and children crying. I whipped around, grabbed Martin, and ran away. We sat in the nearest alley, and I decided to ask him how we communicated. Could he explain it to me? He said that this was his first time too. Normally, people could not understand him at all. Martin and I became friends after that. When he went for a walk, he dropped in and called on me. We could wander about the streets and talk about life for hours. We often met other cats who were very surprised that I could understand the cat language. By the way, cats have their own mindset and they are all very different, just like people. They can be open and kind, but they can also be feisty and aggressive. I don't know how, but soon the journalists found out about me and decided to interview me. They asked if I knew where I got this ability from and when I found out about it. I replied that I did not know, but most likely it was just my feature. I couldn't wait for my interview to come. I wanted to see myself on TV and record the broadcast to remember it. I also told all my friends and acquaintances on which channel and what time the program would be. So I was not the only one who couldn't wait for it and there it was the long-awaited broadcast which immediately surprised me with its name the topic of the show was experience stress revealed her incredible ability Hmm, that's strange what stress were they talking about i didn't remember telling them anything like that in fact i never complained about my life because i thought that i was very lucky with my parents i thought maybe there was going to be an additional story in the show When the show started, I was shocked right away because there was a photo of a little girl in a doghouse in the opening. Have they really decided to make me a laughing stock by comparing me to a dog? I thought and started to worry about how that would make me look to my friends. However, the reality was much worse. At the very beginning of the show, the TV host started to tell a story about little Sue who had experienced great stress. She was three when tragedy struck, her father was killed in a shootout and her mother took her little daughter to a village where they started to live in a small private house. Nobody knew what happened to her mother when she disappeared but one day Sue was found in a doghouse together with a stray dog and her puppies. The girl turned into Mowgli and she was likely to have spent a pretty long time with the animals. She used to eat with them from the bowl that the stray dog brought and used to sleep together with them on the ground. When people found her, she was scared. She did not speak at all, and she was very dirty. However, she got along well with dogs. Have you already guessed that it's about me? I did not believe it at first. I was hoping it was not me, but some other girl. But yes, it was about me. And then a reporter said that soon after I had been sent to the orphanage, people came to adopt me. Those were my current parents. They taught me to eat using silverware, talk, and sleep on the bed. I managed to catch up with the children of my age in terms of developmental level. I learned how to use modern conveniences, but I kept feeling comfortable with animals. It turned out that I had always been like this. And even when I realized that I could understand animals and vice versa, my parents were not surprised at all because I had been raised by animals for some time. They always knew about that, but they did not tell me anything about it, just as they hid my origin from me. I never thought that I was adopted. That was a real shock for me. After the show, my phone was ringing off the hook. I got a pile of messages from my friends and classmates asking me what it all meant. They even felt sorry for me. At that time, I was not ready to answer any questions and simply turned off my phone, but I had a lot of questions for my parents. They also saw the show, but at that time they were at work, so they came home with a prepared speech. They confirmed the words of the reporter that I was just like Mowgli. They admitted that I was adopted and that I used to live with dogs. And they said that they had no idea that the journalists would do such a deep dive. They were hoping to keep the secret of my origin at least until the legal age. And then my mom and dad asked me to forgive them. To be honest, I didn't understand why I should forgive them. I wasn't angry at them. I just wanted to know the details of my early childhood and about my life before I became part of this family. And of course, I was dying to know where my mother was. My parents agreed to help me find her, but unfortunately, that turned out to be impossible. She was still listed as missing. We found out only that she used to work as a dog handler until my father died. It meant that I got that love for animals not only because I was close to them, but also genetically from my biological mother. By the way, after the show, people started asking me to talk to their pets and help understand them. It began to bring me some money. Sometime after the show, a lot of people simply turned away from me, but some kept supporting me and I needed time to digest the information received and make it clear in my head. The news was very sudden and unexpected. However, I've recently realized that I cannot change the past, and it's good that I don't remember anything from my early childhood. But if I have a unique opportunity to understand animals, I must use it. Maybe this is my chance to become famous and to make my contribution to science. Would you like to understand the language of animals? And if you had such an ability, how would you use it? Share your answers in the comments. Also, like this video and subscribe to our channel.
4: I suspected that my older sister was hiding something from us. I had to spy on her to find out the whole truth. Hello, my name is Robin and I wanna share my story with you. One day our biology (laughs) teacher caught some kind of infection. We weren't too worried about his health, rather the opposite. After all, we were free earlier. Joyful with vanilla ice cream in my hand, I was returning from school. There was no one at home. Taking advantage of the rare moments of silence, I lay down on the sofa. I was resting and texting with Jenna. When suddenly there was a click on the lock of the front door, slowly slinking like a cat, my sister Carrie entered the living room. I stayed unnoticed on the couch and made no sound. I watched her suspicious behavior. Everything would be okay if my sister didn't hold a Prada bag in her hands. My eyes just popped out of my head. You would understand me if you knew what a poor and conservative family we have. Parents believe that buying luxury branded items is unacceptable and they gave us so little pocket money that it wouldn't be enough. I didn't know what to think. I decided to ask Carrie directly and knocked on her door. Usually it didn't lock, but not this time. Just a minute, the sister called from the back of the room. This also seemed strange and unusual to me. When Carrie opened the door, she looked flustered. Oh, it's you, she said with relief. Who were you waiting for? I thought maybe the parents returned earlier. What do you need? She wanted to get rid of me as soon as possible. I noticed a handbag in her hands. Carrie looked surprised. The handbag? From Prada? She (laughs) laughed. You imagined it. I don't have a bag at all. You must have confused it with a backpack. Carrie pointed defiantly at the backpack which had been casually thrown on the floor. No, I definitely saw it. I insisted. Well, I know for sure that I don't have any handbag. I had to step back because I was sure that Carrie was lying to me. But why? I won't tell my parents the first time I get a chance. So that time I left with nothing. Mom and dad came home late from work and in the evening, we all get together for dinner. That evening was no different from the previous ones. Carrie behaved as usual. I followed her every movement, every intonation in her voice. I thought maybe something would give her away, but no. She was the old Carrie. Talkative, cheerful, she talked the whole evening. What a tasteless lunch at school. Overcooked beans and cold potatoes. It was terrible. Parents nodded and answered something, maintaining an easy conversation. Of course, I kept my suspicions to myself. On an ordinary evening dinner, it would look stupid. For a while, I even forgot about the mysterious handbag. Until something else happened. One day after school, I was walking with my friend Jenna. We drank milkshakes and discussed which of the guys in class is the cutest. Kyle for sure. Jenna put forward the version. I didn't agree with her. Well, I don't know. I'm for Derek. Plus, he has a car. But Kyle's parents have a jacuzzi at home, so we would continue to list the pros and cons of the guys. If I hadn't accidentally seen my sister in the restaurant window, Carrie was sitting at a table with a strange man. I, following some inner impulse, immediately hid behind a bush. What happened to you? Jenna asked in bewilderment, grabbing my hand. See that girl? I pointed at Carrie. Yeah. That's my sister. So what? She's sitting in an expensive restaurant with a stranger who's much older than her. It's very suspicious. If the parents saw Carrie now, they definitely wouldn't like it. Jenna just frowned slightly, not really delving into my family affairs. I wanted to understand what was happening with my sister and find out what kind of double life she was leading. During the day, Carrie is an ordinary schoolgirl, and by the evening, she lives someone else's life. Maybe she's a spy or a professional thief like Catwoman. It was necessary to act carefully. I didn't wanna throw false accusations or blame her for something without evidence because she is very smart and resourceful. I needed a very good plan. I came home when Carrie was gone. Sister came late in the evening, what caused concern to the parents and incurred her wrath. Caroline, do you know what time it is? Menacingly asked the father. I don't know, like nine? No, it's already half past nine. My mother always spoke quietly, but at the same time, her voice was very menacing. At times like these, I wanted to hide away. Sorry, I didn't notice. You should work on your punctuality if you don't want to stay at home all next weekend. Carrie put on a guilty face and went upstairs. I didn't want to meet her on stairs, so I ran into my room and closed the door. I was left alone with my thoughts and compared some facts. In the restaurant, I saw my sister in different clothes. She was wearing an elegant dress, and she came home in her usual t-shirt and jeans. Carrie didn't want anyone to know her secret. That's why she carefully sweeps all the traces of her double life. Thoughts of Carrie wouldn't let me go even in bed. I tried to put forward various assumptions about what's going on with my sister. She walks in an expensive dress, wears a Prada handbag, and visits luxury restaurants and also that man. I didn't like him right away. Some kind of unnatural, with an arrogant expression on his face. I hope he didn't drag Carrie into something dangerous and illegal. Anything could happen. What if she became part of the criminal world or suddenly won the lottery? Now she's spinning in higher circles and maybe she's ashamed of us. These thoughts made my stomach hurt. I needed to know for sure. I've been wanting to do something for a long time, but everything could not be decided. I was sure that I needed to search her room while Carrie was at school. Our biology teacher is still holed up at home after the infection, so tomorrow it'll be possible to leave early again. This is a great chance to find out what my sister is hiding. The next day, as I planned, I got home before Carrie. Jenna protested. She wanted to watch the football teams practice together. Her beloved Kyle played that day, but her tempting offer intrigued me much less than my sister's secret. Sorry, I can't, I have urgent business. Someone died? I don't know yet. Leaving Jenna in disbelief, I rushed home. Our parents at this time of the day, as usual, disappeared at work, and Carrie was on her math lesson. Therefore, I had an hour or so for everything to be done. I can't lose a minute. I was going to be methodical. Explore one corner after another, in order not to miss something important. But when I entered the room, my plans went to hell. Curiosity was so great that I just pounced on the first cabinet shelves that I came across and began to turn everything upside down. Things flew like fireworks behind my back, and after a second, they fell on the floor. Fifteen minutes later, the floor was littered with Carrie's clothes. And at that time, I didn't care how I clean it all up. I was burning with one desire, to find something interesting. And I succeeded. In a pile of socks, I found a silver box. I've never seen it before. I was glowing with excitement. What could be in there? It must be something secret. I slowly opened the lid and froze in amazement. The box was full of all sorts of jewels. There were gold chains, a diamond necklace, earrings with sapphires. I literally froze with my mouth open. I couldn't believe I see all this for real. Maybe I overheated and it's just a glitch, a game of my imagination. But before I could decide whether it was true or not, a voice came from behind me Kick it! What are you doing here? Carrie stood in the doorway, staring in shock at the clothes lying on the floor. She didn't like anyone to enter the room in her absence at all. Not to mention someone touching her personal things. I got scared. I couldn't say a word. I asked again, what the hell are you doing in my room? I hid the box behind my back. I, I, I was just looking for one thing. I thought maybe you took it by accident. Carrie gave me a furious look. I didn't take anything from you. How dare you do something like this? Well, I. What do you have behind your back? squinted Carrie. Nothing. My sister moved towards me. I stepped back a little and leaned against the wall. I had nowhere to run. Carrie grabbed my hand and the box fell to the floor. The jewels scattered in a glittering heap. Thief! My sister screamed and attacked me. We grappled and fell to the floor. We haven't fought since childhood but there was an exceptional case. I didn't steal anything! I tried to shout, but my sister didn't listen. I got angry too, because she's the one who spreads the secrets. I just wanted to get the truth. After a five-minute romp, we finally let each other go. I struggled to my feet and dusted myself off. At that moment, we were looking amazing. Tossled hair, eyes red with anger. Get out of my room! My sister hissed. Like I want to stay here. I slammed the door and went to my room. I fell on my bed. I literally seethed with anger. I wanted to tell my parents everything. But I decided not to. Carrie and I didn't talk for a whole week. She pouted and avoided me. But I couldn't let it go. I needed to know the truth. Whatever it takes. I figured that the only way to find out my sister's secrets was to follow Carrie. I waited when she left the house and followed her using my spy skills. First, she ran into some diner. She came out of there in a new dress. I was a little jealous that she had such outfits. After the diner, Carrie headed to an expensive restaurant, one of those places where the richest and most powerful people in the city go. The same man sat down next to her at the table. Through the window, I saw my sister take a necklace out of her purse and hand it to the man. She said something to him, but I can't read lips, though it was clear to me anyway. Sister steals jewels and then sells them on the black market. I couldn't take it anymore. Without asking Carrie anything, I ran home and told my mom and dad everything. A scandal erupted in the evening, but it didn't turn out the way I thought. First of all, Carrie didn't steal anything. I don't know why I decided that. Maybe I watched too many spy movies. Secondly, she simply hid the fact that she had found a job and a very unusual one. One day she went to a jewelry store just to look at the jewelry. One diamond ring caught her attention. It seemed to Carrie that it was a fake, which she informed the seller about. He laughed, but then he nevertheless sent the diamond for examination. And a few days later, Carrie was contacted by the shop owner, trying to figure out how she knew the stone wasn't real. Sister couldn't really explain, citing intuition. The jeweler invited her to take a test and laid out several pieces. Carrie easily determined where the real stones were and where the cheap glass ones were. They offered her to work with the store. And then Carrie got private clients. Rich people wanted to know if fake diamonds had been sold to them. And for this service, they were ready to pay big money. But why didn't you tell us anything? Father asked. I was afraid. You forbade us to earn extra money and buy expensive things. That's why I did it secretly. It soon became clear that Carrie had earned almost a million dollars from this job. Wow, I didn't even think it was possible. The parents didn't get angry for long. At first, they wanted to forbid Carrie to do that. But then they decided that if she found her vocation, then they shouldn't interfere. For a while, Carrie sulked at me and continued to ignore me. After all, I gave her up. But then we made up and became sisters again. Carrie used the money she made to take me to the Côte d'Azur, where we rode a yacht and swam in the sea. It was an amazing summer! I'm glad that my sister found her favorite thing, even though her ability seems incredible. Have you ever suspected your loved ones of a double life? Tell us in the comments how your suspicions ended.
0: Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app.